No matter who you are, where you are, or what you celebrate, it's only one thing I have to say this holiday season. Hen... Shin... Gather on the Yule, it's time to duel! Hello everybody, it's Kevin Ryder with me for a special Jingle All The Way Christmas bonus episode. I'm your host Kip, and with me is Sid from Raiders Plane. Hey Sid! Hey! And Derek from the Undercast. Hey Derek! Hey, how's it going? Great, uh, I'm so glad to have you both on for our, uh, this is a great, this is a movie. <laughs> it might not be great, but it's the terrible movie. but great baby. <laughs> It's I think it's there. Yeah. Oh, it holds oh. a special place in my heart for sure. Yeah. Just just 90s, 90s Christmas movies. Yeah. I definitely came away liking this movie a lot more than I thought I did, which is like a little weird for like the substance. But we'll get there a little bit. Uh, so right now it is Christmas Eve. And uh, I personally culturally celebrate christmas but not really any like christian way like a lot of people um what holidays do uh you guys celebrate uh boy this is awkward for me because uh i uh converted to judaism in college Mm -hmm. so i actually celebrate hanukkah and i was able to actually like get a menorah this year and everything so i was very excited about that awesome uh but a lot of people i know like still culturally celebrate christmas uh some actually still also celebrate yule so i just celebrate both holidays and recently got a gift for my uh my partner i'm really excited it's like a twin peaks like stash box and i'm really excited for him to see that that's cool yeah yeah i uh i also celebrate christmas um i'm not really very religious um so and you know so it's it's more of just kind of like, you know, just kind of exchanging gifts and stuff with the family going over to, you know, my mom's house and all the aunts and uncles coming over and getting to see everybody and, you know, getting presents and stuff like that for my friends. Um, so, yeah, that's that's about it. Yeah, my partner um does also celebrate like like Yule and like it's like um I don't super know and I mostly just been told yeah, you're doing fine. Like, don't worry about it, but <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, uh, do kind of have a weird, like feeling with this whole like season though. Cause like, I definitely am like, Oh, I kind of like hot chocolate and like, I am a big person of like buying people gifts. Terrible at getting gifts though, personally. <laughs> uh, and yeah, um, I just, uh, never show any reaction. I was just like, Oh, this is amazing. Like, <laughs> Um, how are you all like giving gifts and them like getting them though? Oh, um, I'd say I'm 50 50. I've gotten a lot better at gift get it giving over the years. Um, honestly, it's like, hey, if you have like an Amazon wish list or if you just want money, let me know. That's how I look <laughs> at it. 
Uh, but like, if I know you like something like really special, I'll go get something for you. Uh, like I know, like we got Ashley a uh, Captain Marvel pen that had the lesbian flag on it. So I'm like, she'd love that. My co-host Ashley, mm-hmm. uh, who's who's obsessed with uh, Captain Marvel and is a lesbian. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, but it it yeah, you know, it's just like sometimes I'm not so great at it. Uh, as for receiving gifts, I will either be very like receptive or like yeah or i'll just be like oh hey this is nice (laughs) and the second one you don't know whether or not i just like i'm so overwhelmed i don't know how to like process a reaction or i'm trying to be nice so it's kind of uh luckily my family never noticed a difference on that so (laughs) yeah i think i'm pretty good at both um you know i think i'm a pretty perceptive person when it comes to getting gifts for people i think i'm good at kind of figuring out what might be good for a certain person um you know and then i'm also you know try to be very grateful when people get stuff for me even if it's something i'm not super stoked about um i've got some training in acting so i can get through that the hard part for me is figuring out like who to get stuff for because it's like obviously get stuff for your fam my family and then you know you know uh, like my close friends and stuff like that but it's like okay but where do we draw the line like it's like oh are you a friend gift getting friend and then it's awkward if someone gets you something you're like oh i didn't think we were that level of friendship i didn't get you anything or if you're like okay cool i got this for you and they're like great see ya and you're like okay cool and you didn't get anything for me i guess we're not as good friends as we thought so like figuring out that dynamic is probably the most awkward thing there's like you know five or six friends i'm like okay i know we're a lock and i can get you something but after that i'm like i don't know if i should or not I'm like that too. And then I get, <laughs> I get like so, I end up like shutting down gift giving lives because I'm like, oh no, I left you out. Oh, I feel terrible. <laughs> and now I'm no. getting to the age where my friends are having kids. I'm like, oh, do I get like gifts for their kids too? Like, should I get their kid like a book or something? Like, I don't know what to get a two year old, I guess. It's like, you yeah. know, oh, no. so, that's, that's a whole other thing. Back in the day, we'd always get bonds. Maybe try that. Like, here's like a $5 bond for the show. <laughs> here's a gift certificate. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wanted to ask, well, maybe it probably hasn't happened, but have you ever been in like a jingle all the way situation where it's like, oh, no, it's Christmas Eve. I need to find something. You're like, oh, no, it's like the night before, like your birthday or something, you know? I may have been in that situation before. Uh, not obviously in the way of the movie, because I think like it would have been imprinted in my mind, but I'm pretty sure I've gotten somebody a last minute birthday gift. I've definitely been on the other side of it where I have been. I've worked in retail um, and I've been the person who like everybody is like that was one thing about this movie i was like they do they do retail workers dirty it's just like they're like getting off on like oh we don't have the turbo man i'm like these like we were dealing with psycho like people like coming down like asking for things that have been sold out for months and it's like i'm sorry like you know it just people like threatening you and yelling at you it's like sorry we don't have any more elf on the shelf we haven't for a while like just it's not my fault i'm sorry you should have planned better yeah no it's yeah that really got me too watching the movie was just like, huh? Like, I would get fired if I acted like that. <laughs> they're all temps on their last day. They're just like, fuck it. Yeah. Also was probably written by a former retail worker. <laughs> yeah, there's certain joy there. Um, 
I've never really had like a last minute gift as far as like that. Like I've definitely done like the birthday party thing as a kid where I've been like at Walmart, like, oh no, it's like my friend's birthday. What do I do? I have no clue what to get him. Or like I'm like telling my mom of the phone, oh, we're at the birthday party. Can you get something? <laughs> but I really do I can't let's talk about this movie because this is a mm-hmm. whole movie. <laughs> this is a whole I had way more notes than I thought. Like I definitely uh took more from this first question though is something i've asked multiple people and they've all had the same experience anyone forget that sinbad was in this movie no he's he's one of the most memorable things to me i love sinbad in this okay i remembered his character i just completely forgot the character was played by sinbad if that makes sense no so far i've had um 11 and 14 as far as people forgetting it was Sinbad. Three people out of like 17 people have like really? <laughs> known it was Sinbad. Yeah. I've asked, oh, I like, thought he, I, I love Sinbad. Like I thought he, I, there's a lot of other people that I forgot were in were in this like um uh what's the the guy from SNL who was the retailer worker. I was like, oh yeah he's in this and yeah Chris you know, Cornell. Yes Cornell thank you Chris Cornell um from Archer and like I was like oh my God I forgot he's in this. There's there's other people in this that I'm like you know, when you guys said we're, you're talking about like kind of before we were recording that big show was in, I was like, I forgot that the wrestler was in this, you know. Um, but yeah, I was like Sinbad for me, other than, of course, like Arnold and Anakin Skywalker, even more than Anakin Skywalker. I remember like this is what I know Sinbad from is this movie, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Like he was like around a ton of the 90s and like so many movies, I feel like that, like uh, first kid. Remember that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I I can't get over, though, like how much after seeing this and like I'm alone how great Jake Lloyd and like Macaulay Culkin were as like kids though I was like oh I can see why they were in everything they're incredible really I didn't I didn't think Jake Lloyd was very good at all in this I was like how did he get Star Wars like I just thought he was just like so just like wow gee willikers I just I don't know for me it didn't work that that was mostly the role though like you know yeah. for me that that was mostly the role of the the child he was playing because i'm like ah, he's not that bad he's definitely not wooden i guess you know after i see enough bad child actors in power rangers my bar is really low <laughs> that is probably true as well it's like it's like wow he can emote so <laughs> yeah he, he's no for me he's no Haley joel osmond you know for somebody who's contemporary to him yeah, I had this moment um, watching this movie where the guy who uh, helps him suit up into Turbo, I was like, I know that guy. Who is he? And then I realized it was Steven Van Worm, who I know from like the movie Idle Hands. But most people, according to his Imdaba, are from um, Meet the Deedles or Tales of Vesperia, which I think that is a great Imdaba. <laughs> I think that's nice. Great. I was wondering why you looked familiar. Like, who's this guy? Yeah. Um and I think you were saying something. Oh, oh yeah, the, the oops, sorry. I was trying to think it's like the guy he's uh played like Booger in Revenge of the Nerds, I know, but he played like Booster. I I, I love the chain smoking booster. Oh yeah. Why yeah. why he's got a very distinct voice. He's like it's yeah. about time you got here. Yeah. And like it wasn't Gilbert Godfrey, but I like had that more. Like, Is that Gilbert Godfrey? Yeah, <laughs> that guy. Oh yeah, I forgot Jim Belushi's in this too. Yeah, that he's the best part of the movie, honestly. <laughs> yeah, Curtis Armstrong was the guy's name. Okay. okay. 
No, By the way, uh, I just love how much everyone hates Booster, like so much. Like the kid, <laughs> like when he falls off, the kids are just like, "Screw you, Booster!" They just like, and like when everyone's like, "There's a Booster toy," and everyone's like, "Booster sucks!" Like I just love the vitriol that's just directed at him so much, so random, yeah. and so great. That whole joke is worth it for this, like one part of the end where all the kids beat him up on the ground. Oh yes, you suck, Booster! <laughs> Start kicking him. Uh, and like, I thought that like um the character played by like Sinbad, like Myron, was actually uh, they definitely let him improv some stuff because like he's saying stuff like Rodney King, Rodney King, and I was like, what? <laughs> What's going on here? Right, that was so great. And then like he calls, what is he? He calls the cop like some old cop show that like like no kid would have gotten those. Like I still to this day don't know like what he what like what the reference was. And I like looked it up and it was like some show from like the 80s or something so the like 80s cop show yeah he's on one this movie he's just like i'm yeah. sinbad he's so great like he like i think that's what really makes the movie for me is just like i don't think that like either him or arnold are like incredible like daniel day lewis-esque actors but um man they can like they can really just you know like they're they've got this level of comedy that is just superb you know like they, they're they very very funny i think especially arnold is like a really talented physical comedian and mm. i think that really comes through here and they're kind of like dynamic back and forth really works for me yeah a lot that's like something i don't think people realize is how good of a comedic actor arnold schwarzenegger mm-hmm. is as someone who's watched a lot of arnold schwarzenegger movies he is Really good at that. I think that's part of the reason why he was so good at like one liners or why Commando is actually the masterpiece that it was. But like when you think about a movie like this or Twins or maybe even like Last Action Hero, he's so good. at. He really is just a good comedic actor and uh, played very well off of Sinbad. And I think that's why like he and like Jackie Chan were like so popular for so long. It's like, oh, like these two on us level of just like almost nobody else just like have like a physical charisma no matter what they're doing like no matter what the budget of their production like you kind of like get a sense of like okay there's some thing likable or like important about like when this character is like on screen you know yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so one thing that like i really enjoyed about this movie is um when you watch like movies from the 90s one small thing that like happens is more cities are featured that aren't like new york or california like there's mm. more of like america show and it's like oh this like takes place in like saint paul that's like a smaller city than i feel like most movies i've like seen like have had it's usually like oh like we went to like dubai or new york and that's it you know yeah, yeah. or like san francisco you know or vegas or something but yeah saint paul i can't think of another movie that takes place in saint paul you know that's that's interesting this is kind of the like small like the the particularly the suburbs of St. Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh but I really yeah. love that they they are able to shoot in like the Mall of America and stuff in there. I noticed yeah. a lot of 90s Christmas movies like to take place in places that would have uh, a white Christmas mm-hmm. where it'd be snow on the ground because like if it took place in Atlanta there wouldn't be snow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. And like um that very first like um tv episode like scene like i love how it's like they fall on like 
have like the rocks in the California like desert, so it looks just like Power Rangers, and they have like that whole like minion team that's also like color coded oh, yeah. just like Power Rangers. Oh, yeah. I noticed that. Like, I'm like, oh my god, look at the pa- color coded Power Ranger minion team. Yeah, and I really love how those like bookend. Like, you see that like kind of scene, and you see it like play out. You know, very similarly when it is the final battle with like. Arnold and Sinbad, and they're just kind of doing a lot of the same things that happened in yeah. that little opening scene. I thought that was a cool little touch. That, that was a pretty brilliant little touch. Um, and like, um, the logic is so flawless for a, a like Christmas movie, though, where it's like, oh, of course the parade would have a working jetpack and like rocket fists and everything. That's something that really got me about this movie was the fact it was just so cartoonish in a lot yeah. of its basics. Like, it like becomes a Looney Tunes movie at the end where he like flies into the wall. I'm like, how would his skull be not cracked right now? Or the one cop who like opened. I just love that, you know, Sinbad's character thought he had a like, a you know, he faked having a bomb and it ended up being a bomb. <laughs> and it, it's like it's like enclosed in the one area. No one really gets hurt except for the one guy. And he's just <laughs> like covered in soot like he's <laughs> Wiley Coyote. <laughs> yeah. And also, like, Sinbad is like, well, a cab. Just like, yes. I'm yeah, pretty much. I was like, good, good for you, Sinbad. Oh, yeah, this movie's like fantastically a cab. Like, the cops, yeah. one of the main yeah. antagonists. That is for true. Like, this is how cops actually act. They're just a bunch of assholes. Yeah. And, like, um, we see that, like, um, Howard Langston, the perfect name for somebody who you don't think would be named that, but it's like a movie, so they have to be named that uh, for <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger. But um, he has this like whole thing too, where like I just like wrote down like you're my number one customer on the Citadel. Just like he keeps telling people the same thing, just like more and more. Oh yeah, even <laughs> his wife. <laughs> I'd like too how no one recognizes him when he's got like the Turbo Man helmet on. Even though it's like this giant man with a very thick Austrian accent, and you can still clearly see his face through the visor, and he takes it off, and Rita Wilson's just like Howard. It's like, yeah, like, wh- like, why did you? Right. Who did you so, I have an explanation for a lot of this because uh, I've been at wrestling shows, and I will like <laughs> go to the bathroom or something, and I'll be like, oh my god, this person looks like that wrestler, and then I like look, and they go back to the merch table, like that was definitely that wrestler. You just don't, you're just like, oh, that's Turbo Man. You don't want to, like, wreck it. It's like, oh, it looks familiar. Your brain's just on such autopilot at such times. I don't think it ever, like, sometimes registers the full face. Just like, oh, yeah, that's like, Turbo who Man. Who talks like Arnold, though? That's the one thing. That's the one really gets the me. Voice. It's, like, it's like, that, it's like, who talks like that in St. Paul? Like, come on, that has <laughs> to be your husband. There's a big, like, um... <laughs> Mindy of Austrian bodybuilders there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and just, um, I can't get enough of, man, Ted is perfectly played. <laughs> what an awful son of a bitch. He sucks so much. This Ned uh, Flanders fuckboy. Yeah, it's like, if Ned Flanders was actually just a fuckboy, is yeah. Ted and Phil Hartman, like, you know, rest in peace, buddy, and all that. Uh, yeah. You know, he played such a good, like, sleazy fuckboy Ned Flanders. Yeah. Oh. When he's, like, trying to put the moves on her in the car, I'm just like, I hate you, man. Like, and and, she- like, 
why do why does every woman on the street want to fuck him like i don't understand like this guy sucks why is everyone like oh ted why don't you come over later he's like maybe i will i'm like why maybe maybe their husbands are just that bad at sex that's what i'm getting i'm like oh you're so helpful around the house i'm like Wow, do like none of these husbands actually care that Ted is fucking their wives? I can get if some of them are divorcees. Like, mm-hmm. you know, your dating pool can get kind of small if you like, you know, oh, like thirties to forties and have kids. That can that can be a kind of small dating pool. But yeah, one of my favorite things about this movie though is how horny all these normal-looking people for the most part are. Like, he, like. Schwarzenegger's like the least horny character in the film and like everyone else is like a normal looking adult who's like hey you want my number hey you want to come home and have some cookies or whatever it's like oh this is like a normal people being horny yeah that was kind of like that was something that went over my head as a kid and I'm like oh my god all this innuendo (laughs) and like uh their cookies are great yeah yeah great cookies I love them Mm. cookie down down, which I love that I thought it was from Kindergarten Cop for the longest, and it's like, no, it's from Jingle All the Way. (laughs) I still love that soundboard back in the day. That cookie down. That cookie down. Uh, So I really love, uh, (laughs) a couple months ago, uh, I read um, this article on bloodknife.com called um, Everyone's Beautiful and um, No One's Horny. And then afterwards, I also... um, watch Terminator 2 and I was like oh holy shit Schwarzenegger like in the scene where he's like naked isn't super jacked he's like he looks like a fairly normal bodybuilder <laughs> like yeah. compared to like even like Captain America or like something mm-hmm. and like um the whole point of the piece is how like over time people have gotten like more and more like perfectly chiseled like beautiful like perfect shape in movies but like because they're horny for war. But they're no longer like any like romance or like sexuality. It's just like maybe radioactive will play, but like that's as much as yeah. we'll get for like horniness. And like here too, I was like, oh, Schwarzenegger's like kind of like looks like he eats the same food as his family, like a little bit yeah. in this movie. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah, and like you know, like with all the Marvel movies, like everyone is like Paul Rudd is fucking ripped now because he's Ant Man, and like everybody's just like spends like eight hours a day or whatever getting in shape, and then but there's, there's no like special chemistry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's like been one like sex. There was finally a sex scene in a Marvel movie in the Eternals, and it was like the worst sex scene ever. It was so weird and awkward. Oh my goodness! Well, there was like sex in the old Iron Man movies, but then Disney took it over. Also, the first Iron Man movie was like 2008 before that. Really kind of that like hard line in the sand. We're no longer doing horny kind of happened. So, yeah, but I think like it's so weird to see like, oh, this movie is like full of normal looking people who like have sexuality and like romance versus like movies that we see now. It's like everyone's beautiful. Yes, (laughs) it's like wild too. It's like the cast for this movie is also way less beautiful than like casts have gotten to. Oh yeah. Like, um, I'm trying to think who played the wife. Uh, oh yeah. Rita Wilson, I think is her Rita name. Rita Wilson. Married to Tom yeah. Hanks. 
Yeah, Rita Wilson, like, she, I'm not saying she's ugly, but she's, like, the fact that, like, women in movies these days have to, like, be total tens, and she's about an eight. She would have been ten years younger, too. Yeah, like, you know, it's just kind of like, yeah, she would have been ten years younger, or, you know, aging does kind of is different now, but, Mm -hmm. um, that's also a weird thing to kind of look at, but, um. Yeah, she she just she looks like a 40 something year old mom who happens to be, you know, better looking than probably some of the other moms on the block. But that's it, you know? Yeah. And like, I think like it's like a weird like just like as movies get bigger, I guess people have to be in bigger cities with hoardier people, with less hoardy people, with more perfect bodies and younger and all. It's just like a weird how much of just like a movie that's basically like a nothing movie that has yeah. not much to say mm-hmm. and seems so much like more <laughs> just based that on is, that yeah there was um it's definitely yeah 90s were a very different time because i also recently watched deep impact uh like sitting oh man and like i was waiting to get my oil changed and deep impact was on television and i'm just like watching it and i'm like you know we really don't have like the destruction of cities but as a like a sort of like somber moment in a movie like oh no things are bad it's more of like look at this cool action sequence Yo. yeah i feel like that genre of like 90s disaster movies is like really died off like there's one every couple of years but like in the 90s it was like you had two movies about a comet destroying the earth in the same couple months and you had two about a volcano destroying a town in the same couple yeah. months and just like it was just there was so much of that like this town is going to be destroyed in 24 hours unless we can get this team of astronauts to blow up. like it's just like all this stuff or you know twister like like a supercell yeah. like um you know uh a, a supercell front is coming through and tornadoes are ravaging the area and now we just have aliens that hate like Hyundai's. like that's it yeah <laughs> it's like a park like massive parking lot full of new cars that like get demolished. Um, yeah, it's weird too that like you mentioned all the movies in the nineties that were the same but came out within months because like that also makes me think of the two Jack Frost movies. Oh yeah, there was the Michael Keaton comedy, right? And then there's also the like horror movie. Oh, yeah, right. where like that like killer becomes hey like snowman and stuff, and yeah, just great god that oh my god imagine like being a kid and wanting to see like well one being a kid and wanting to see the like you know the the michael keaton one and then being like horrified but then being the kid who really likes horror movies and wanting to see the slasher one and getting the michael keaton one instead well as a kid like for whatever reason like my favorite christmas character quote-unquote was jack frost like, I thought he was awesome. He's, like, this, like, prankster guy with ice powers. And, like, did you guys ever watch the, like, old Rankin-Bass mm-hmm, um, yeah. one? Yes. Yeah. Where, yes, where he, like, fights that steampunk Russian arm. I was like, this is so great. And then I'm like, wow, they're making a movie about that guy with Batman? This is going to be amazing. And I was like, and I was so disappointed. Like, I remember just being, like, really crushed as a kid. I was like, I thought it was going to be so good. And it was just, like, this really mediocre comedy. And I was like, where's the ice powers? Like, it's just another movie just like this one about a 90s dad who like spends too much time at his job and he doesn't pay attention to his son and he has to learn a lesson 
And that was a big thing in the 90s. Yeah, yeah I've noticed that. Like, I'm just like, I remember uh, I texted my uh, my co-host Ashley while watching this movie yesterday. And I was like, oh, my God, this is like an episode of Power Rangers. We're like, you know, oh, my dad's not going to make it in time for my recital. It's oh, man. Too, yeah. Okay. I, for- I forgot, of course, like the weird thing about Jack Frost too, like the Michael Keaton one, is that he dies in a car crash and becomes a yeah. snowman. Yeah. Well, what are the rules for this universe? God, 90s, 90, there is just something really weird about, speaking of 90s movies, I feel like there's something very weird about like 90s Christmas movies, because like, mm-hmm. They're Looney Tunes, but also like kind of like weirdly dark when you think about it. Like With the Santa Claus. Yeah, the Santa Claus because he, mm. he kills Santa, Santa to become Santa. This <laughs> is like, oh yeah, I I really or uh, Home Alone, where you if you're actually like watching like the stuff now where he he gets you know all the booby traps. It's like, oh my god, that's awful. Yeah. And like in like Home Alone, like two, it just like goes to the next level. And like, it's like, oh, he's like has a working phone at some point. He's in a city like he could like do something besides throw bricks at adults heads. Yeah, like. Oh, my goodness. It's um, yeah, that that was definitely something about like 90s. Uh, you know, it's like stuff that's definitely aimed at children in a lot of ways um, mm-hmm. is just like. Oh, hey, dad's dead and now he's a snowman or capitalism sucks like in Jingle yeah. All the Way. Yeah. And then like Sinbad like become like puts on the suit to become the villain, like to get the term. I'm like, what logic is that? And then like at the end, I'm like, he's OK. So he's got the toy for his son, but he's definitely going to jail right now. Right. Like, yeah. I remembered there being a scene where his son was at the parade and he gives it to him. That does not actually happen. So I just like invented that to make sense of the movie, I think. <laughs> it's going to make sense here, you know. The My favorite part of the movie, though, has to be when he's like at the mall and he's just finished having a pedophilia scare and then he meets a bunch of Santas and like joins like the John Wick Santaverse for a minute. It's just like this went over my head as a child. It was like, what are you know, like, what are they doing going to this place? Why is it kind of shady? Now I'm like, oh, it's a bootleg toy factory. Mm-hmm. Like there's this city has a secret underground Santa like smuggling ring. And I'm like, this is incredible. Like, this is so weird. And there's a guy in it that is so big and strong that he literally just like is a head taller than Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, how big is this dude? How, well, how, well, it's the big show. It's a long, long road, and I'm just getting started. He, by the way, the big show is reported to be seven <coughs> feet tall. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think this is like during his WCW days. Yeah, 95, 96. The so Giants. He was he was the giant, and that's how he was credit Paul the Giant, right? White and like <laughs> he ha- he's not as jacked as he is now, but he is like just tall. And I think this is back when he had like the really long hair. But of course, he had a wig on for this. So, but yeah, he's just this really tall professional wrestler they hired for this. They're like, yep, 
Mm-hmm. And that's what you want, though. It's like when um, Goldberg shows up in that Looney Tunes movie or whatever. Yeah, it's it's for the kids. Let me let me share with the class the big ship with hair, because <laughs> it's like, why did Paul have this luxurious hair? I mean, now he wishes he had it. Yeah, I know. Uh, let's see. Uh, I was I didn't really watch wrestling, so whenever wrestlers showed up and stuff, I was like, okay, that's just like to me, mankind was on an episode of Boy Meets World, and that's what I know him from. Oh, Mick Foley did a. That's the rest. That's the guy because like Mick Foley has like several different wrestling types. He randomly does voice work. I found out because he ended up playing the the Boulder in. Uh, the Boulder does not like yeah. is conflicted about fighting a little girl. Girl. Oh. A, yeah. I pasted a photo of Paul in the general chat. In Ooh, in that earring. Damn. Yeah. Damn. He was definitely like getting into something oh, wow. in that time. Stamp. And yeah, um, I just <laughs> the whole like bit where like it's all like Santa theme though. It's like, oh, like Jingle Bells Batman smells. They have like that song they sing. It's like a like weird musical for a second. Just they also have like uh little people being elves, quote unquote, because Vernon Troy oh, yeah. is randomly there. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, they're also like all the people counting money. They're all like women dressed up as Mrs. Claus. Mm-hmm. What if they were all naked but wearing Santa hats? Oh no! Like, yeah, American gangster. Yeah, like that. Like the whole um, is it like a old school like cocaine season movies? Am I thinking of? Yeah, like cocaine or like heroin smugglers. Yeah, <laughs> and that's where like. I wrote um, this movie is to Christmas. What brick is the high school? <laughs> you know, they actually shot brick at my high school when I was going there. Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. They they shot brick. They shot at San Clemente High. Uh, Ryan Johnson is from San Clemente. That was his first movie. And he shot it at my high school on the weekends during my senior year. And then it came out at a movie theater. Uh, it, it was had its premiere, I should say, at the movie theater that I would work at. Um, I wasn't working there at the time, but I ended up getting a job there about a year later and worked there for like six years. And it didn't, it was such a small theater, it didn't even play at that theater, but it had its premiere oh. there. Oh my god, my friend, That's a couple wild. of my friends are actually extras in it. Oh, wow. did you ever like get cocaine from a guy that really likes The Hobbit? No, I did not, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, damn. That's the coolest thing I've ever heard. That's great. <laughs> uh, and I love to how when the cops show up, they say it's the Grinch scatter. Yeah. Yes. Uh, just. Uh, and like. um, That scene in the diner, though, is just so incredible because like it's just them like talking and like it's like a the most like realness they pull for the movie. And like they both do such like a great job, like um for like Sinbad and like Arnold, like talking about like oh like here's what christmas meant and like here's what like being a dad means it's like a pretty like well done scene all in all yeah and like sinbad has this whole speech about like basically not wanting to pass his trauma onto his kid and stuff Mm -hmm. like that and i was like fuck this is this is is this good all of a sudden like this has been a dumb movie but is this scene good yeah that that really surprised me and then of course you know they they took it back with uh here's to you dad oh yeah (laughs) That like completely took me out of it. I was just like, okay, 
that scene is like the horseshoe with the scene in um Empire Strikes Back where Luke cuts off Darth Vader's head and sees his own face in it. Yeah. <laughs> but I love that scene where like Jake Lloyd's like just there with the whole outfit on with the like whiskey or whatever. Just like here's to you. I love that. I I very much love that they like also made the outfit a little baggy. <laughs> yeah. Um and like at this point I think is like where we have like the whole like um Ted's been doing stuff like he's like brought a reindeer over he's like hey like here's this reindeer my son named it Ted and like after Christmas I'm gonna take him to Lake Minnetonka and like let him loose Uh, the um the way that animatronic puppet that they used for some of those scenes were just it was just horrifying yeah, and then when they would do the CG, like when Arnold would have to like punch or whatever, it was some real bad '90s CG, like the Mummy ret- Rock and the Mummy Returns, like level of bad CG. It's great though. Like I love how like it's like oh, like we have to have Arnold punch this like <laughs> reindeer yeah. to make it work, and then he just gets drunk with them. Like I'm like, <laughs> okay, cool. Just pouring beer. Not know. even beer. They're smeared off ices. <laughs> it, was, it was it was yeah it was like some sort of cheap drink it's incredible at the at the clubhouse that he at the clubhouse he built for his kid oh good call good call oh my gosh i never even caught that that, that was something i caught like watching him like because he, he talked about the clubhouse and everything i'm like oh that's what that was wow that never put that together that's so that's so great and like what's ball scene up pay for that too is like the whole like they go to the radio station and like break in and like the whole yeah. Bob stuff. Just uh, what a that is a scene from a nineties movie. Not oh a yeah, water movie. And of course Martin Mull is there, you know, with his ponytail. I mean, why wouldn't you be? <laughs> That's what he's bored for. I was just like, I got a question for you guys. How long is this day? Like this Christmas Eve is yes. like the longest day because it's winter, so the days are supposed to be short, right? First of all. Like, Especially in St. Paul, like yes. it'd be dark at like four. Yeah. And so all of the stuff that he does, he like goes like to the mall and he goes to the underground Santa thing. And then he, he has this whole adventure and then he goes on this other adventure and like he's doing all these things. And then the, I was like, then he goes to the parade. I'm like, how much stuff happened before this parade even started? Like, what time is this parade? Don't parades start in the morning? Did this parade start at like five o'clock? Like, what is happening? Like, I was so confused about like, I was like trying to I remember a couple of years ago when I watched it, I was like trying to break down like when everything would happen. And it's just nonsense. There's no way that anything that happens. This movie makes any sense in like a linear fashion. Maybe it's a real time movie. It's all like happening in real time. <laughs> but yeah, um, I couldn't help but like um, I always thought like even having just seen this movie like two years ago, I was like, oh, yeah, like he like leaves home for three days and then like, it's like not there. It's like three days till Christmas, mm-hmm. but no, it's one day. Yeah. It's all just Christmas Eve, like morning slash afternoon. The entire plot takes place except for like the begin very beginning and the post credit scene, which like this was ahead of its time. It had a post credit scene. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. I remember uh, that because it's, I remember that as a kid. I remember I went to go, like after the movie, so I went to the bathroom or something, and then my partner called me and was like, "Oh my god, there's a post-credit scene." Um, I do need to talk about this whole like 
third act at, at the parade though because there's so many people earning their keep at the scene just doing incredible like small roles like the um steve and worm character like i just like super quickly being like oh yeah don't worry like Mark might be conscious again, like soon. <laughs> so that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, really. that was yeah. great. He's got brain activity. They're not say that's a very good sign. <laughs> Just like, oh damn. And there's like some um, newscasters like narrating the parade and talking about it. But the yeah, they like were great, um, yeah. There's this one like line read though, where they like um, stormy weathers or whatever. Like the female like newscaster. Just screams, fly, fly, Turbo Man, use your jetpack. And every word is enunciated so strangely. And I love it. I love too when she's like, oh no, is this the end of civilization as we know we it? Know it. Oh, and yeah. It's just like, <laughs> she says it is so spot on for just like, like a, like a parade announcer, just be like, all right, here's this line I've got to say. Yep. And the way they react to like Sinbad flipping off kids, they're like, is that part of the script? They like don't do it again. <laughs> and i love the logic of like all the police are just like oh yeah it's fine like please go in that building with no like harness and just like yeah. dangle part of the show what do you all think of the fact that liz says nothing to turbo man knowing her son's name huh. she's like oh that's weird we'll go that's up there weird. nothing could happen wrong huh. it's like jamie it's like oh Oh, huh, this man with an Austrian accent. He must be he must know Howard, I guess. They must be they must be friends. They're all, all Austrian bodybuilders. She <laughs> Howard's twin. It was not Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> uh and yeah, like I just um love too how like the rest of the choreographers like also decide to fight actually, because they're like, oh, yeah. like you don't know the choreography, let's beat you up. <laughs> Sinbad is the most improv here though because he's just saying stuff like get out of my way box or like i don't like popcorn yeah. he's like push people down he even had some yeah. like lines where i would just like just like crack up for like a second because he would just say something really hilarious like that there's a scene where he like flies through a family who's overlooking the parade but like eating christmas dinner even though it's like 2 p.m on christmas eve or whatever <laughs> it's so weird I'm like, how is he also not arrested? Like, the cops are, like, praising him at the end. But, like, he caused a lot of property damage. Well, you know, they were too busy with the black man that they had. America. Yeah, I was like, uh, it's because it's America. Yeah. St. Paul. That was, yeah, St. Paul, even. But yeah, it's... God, that was weird, because they... Maybe it was, like, 5 o'clock when this parade is, because sometimes parades happen in the evening or afternoon, depending. Uh, but, yeah, most most Christmas parades are in, like, the morning. Yeah, exactly. Like, you turn on... Like, you wake up like Christmas morning, and you... Like, you're opening presents, and you turn... There's always just, like, the Christmas parade on, like, on the TV or whatever. I had to be in a Christmas parade once for band. Does not sound fun. No, it was very cold. <laughs> I once portrayed Good King Wenchless for a chorus thing as a youth. I was like, just, <laughs> just like big costume and everything. And I had to like trudge through snow. See, I didn't even see snow until about three or four years. I mean, well, I've seen it on the ground, but I hadn't seen this because I'm born and raised here in Southern California. I until I was actually driving to uh, like uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul for a wedding. I didn't see Ooh. snow 
actually falling until uh, then. So that was like 2017 or something. Oh, dang. Yeah, I was like 29 or something. (laughs) Did you freak out or were you like, oh, this is supposed to happen, right? I was like driving and it was happening. I was like, oh, my God, I'm in a Christmas card right now. I was like, this is amazing. And, you know, I was driving with my roommate who had lived in Washington State. He's like, yeah, this is a thing that happens. Like, well, I've never seen it. (laughs) I love hearing about people's first experiences with snow, honestly, because it's just like rain. We're like, eh, snow. It's so magical, I think. Like, it's little white flakes. Yeah. And like the snow that I'd seen, you know, here and like if you'd go up to like Mammoth or something, it's just like dirty on the ground. It had been there. It's just like kind of that permafrost that's always there. But like seeing actual like fluffy snow and like seeing it on the trees and everything, it was just like I literally felt like I had driven into a Christmas card. Oh, no, that's a cat that wants to play. But no, um, I will throw things at her. It helps. But no. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, I don't have something like that. Like, um. I knew someone once who like saw fireflies for the first time and there was like <laughs> hundreds of them or whatever, like in like some field and they're like, oh wow. And it was very fun to watch. <laughs> um cool. yeah. And the movie ends with the family unit being restored as the star is placed on the tree. And now yeah. the father is once again paternal in charge and everything's <laughs> good in America. Except he forgot her gift. Yeah. That is the sign of a great actor where they could just like do that and it's at all entertaining because like so <laughs> many things try to do that, but like just just like oh zoom in, dolly shot. Yeah. Oh yeah. My thought was at the end of the movie was I loved it. Uh it might be my favorite Christmas movie. Uh what do you all think? Uh I'm kind of mixed on the opinion. Uh I I really just in general, going back to a lot of 90s Christmas movies, I'm like, wow, there's a lot of 90s cynicism here. Uh, but it, it's definitely um, definitely better than some I've watched. But it's it's like I, I kind of was like, oh, my God, when will this movie end <laughs> type situation for me? I'm in the minority, so and I'm OK with that. Oh, no, it's See, fine. I, I watched this when like, I was watching this and I was like, this is I know this is not good. But I am very entertained. Like this is like cheesy and dumb and like makes no sense. And it's just like so over the top. But I was having so much fun watching it. And, you know, that's definitely like I'm not going to pretend like nostalgia isn't a big factor in that. Like if I had watched the, if I hadn't seen because I was obsessed with this movie as a kid. I had the VHS. I would watch it over and over every Christmas. I remember my sister, my sister, who's a lot older, bought it for me for uh, like they came out one Christmas like. Was it 96, 95? Um, and then the following Christmas, I got it on VHS. And I would just like for, for the next Christmas, I would just watch it over and over for years and years, um, you know, up until, you know, VHS weren't really a thing anymore. Um, but yeah, so I I loved it. I think, you know, it's it's the same kind of thing as a lot of those like movies we watched from the 90s that are like, is this good or do I just like have fond memories of Hook and Rufio, you know? Um, so I, I think. Yeah, I, I had fun with it. I really liked it. You know, it's it's not, you know, it's not like cinematic classic. You know, it's not, you know, uh, like Paul Thomas Anderson or anything like that. But it's fun. It's really just Schwarzenegger for me, I think. Like, yeah. also Sinbad, I think, like, a little bit like. I was going to say, yeah, him and Sinbad, that yeah. pairing. Really, yeah. That, that makes it kind of endearing, you know. 
Oh, yeah. So, like, not to be, like, tragedy ride with me for a second, but, like, part of it is that, um, for me, like, Schwarzenegger, there's a certain way he gets frustrated and, like, gets mad, too, that, like, part of it, like, might just be, like, from being, like, six or seven and, like, um, having these vibes, but, like, whenever I see him in this movie, like, specifically, I'm just like, oh, he gets so frustrated and so mad, and, like, it's like um definitely like me like th- there's part of me it's like oh like um he's acting like um what's the best way to l- my <laughs> legal male parent <laughs> would act but like if they were a like good person <laughs> and it's like oh it's very oh. fun to be like oh like this is like exactly the way like they get frustrated stuff like I like the dude and I'm like oh this is like there's something to that that like really stuck with like six year old me that like definitely makes this like movie like very high for me even now. Yeah. Well, I think like what he does really well is he is kind of not afraid to like make fun of himself and to kind of be the butt of the joke and to be kind of like a jerk in some of this stuff. Whereas now um, somebody who's, I guess it like has a similar career to the day that he would have had in the nineties, um, the rock, how he's just like, I feel like he's always the same guy and he's just like kind of obsessed with being like, I'm likable. I'm funny. Whereas like, you know, Arnold, you're like, he's kind of a dick in this movie, but you kind of like him. And it's just, he's doing things that are kind of embarrassing where it's the rock is just has to be the funniest, coolest guy in the room. Like I just watched, um, red notice and I was just like, yeah, this is fine, but it's just like, the rock being the rock and that's all he ever is in his movies. And you watch some of his earlier stuff um, before he just became that persona. And it's like he could do more stuff. And I, you know, Arnold what is it was not afraid to like, just be like, okay, I'm going to be goofy in this. I'm going to make fun of myself. I'm going to, you know, like yeah. get attacked by Sinbad. I'm going to like, yeah. you know, like let me, you know, this guy flirt with my wife. I'm like, I'm going to be a jerk to my kid, like, and have the seed. And, you know, he, he's really not afraid to, kind of put himself out there yeah no that's that's something uh you can definitely say is something about arnold schwarzenegger is like he is not afraid uh to to yeah be goofy and be more than just kind of i don't know which i think that's uh a reason why you can look back at some of his movies except just some action movies like he does mm-hmm. play different characters like the Terminator is a vastly different character than Howard. Yeah. E- e- even Terminator 2, because he wouldn't, like, that guy wouldn't yell at John. Mm-hmm. Even stuff <laughs> like True Lies. Like, he's never, like, I always have to be on top. He's like, oh, I'm, mm-hmm. like, a interesting role. I'm yeah. on the doubt sometimes. Or Twins. Yeah. You know, we brought up Twins again. Like, one of his more comedic roles where he played opposite of Danny DeVito. Mm-hmm. And I think he's like that in his real life, too, because, like, look at his career path. It's the most bizarre career path ever. Like, he starts as, like, this, like, army bodybuilder in Austria, defects to the U.S., like, becomes, like, a like an action star. Then he just becomes, like, a major movie star and, like, things like this that aren't really action movies. Then he becomes the governor of California, a Republican governor of California, one of the most popular governors in the state's history. And then he just like and most, you know, people are like, oh, if they got into politics and, you know, 
that's you know they're serious now but he's like no i'm i'm done done with being the governor of this massive state and now i'm just gonna go back and be in more movies like just i'm like oh like he's just he's like yeah I, he doesn't take himself too seriously. he's not like oh well now i'm a serious man i'm serious serious polishes like no, I'm gonna go be in more goofy movies. Like he's just, yeah. I don't know. I and even it, it, when he's had all these scandals and stuff, people still really like him because he's just, you know, he's very endearing and real. And I, I think that people really like that. I do. Or I just remember like some of his videos at the early bit of the pandemic where he was just mm-hmm, like yes. hanging out. Oh, was like miniature horses or something. Yeah, I remember this. <laughs> Yeah, I was yeah, just yeah, hanging yeah. out with him and just like, be sure you will stay inside, you know? <laughs> there are very few people who can be the butt of a joke and an archetype and not mm-hmm. seem phased by it at all, which is like a real like quality. Like, honestly, like the closest I can think is like Keanu Reeves a little bit where like, a lot of people are like, whoa, and like make fun mm-hmm. of his voice. But like, even that's not to the same degree. Yeah. Yeah, one of my favorite Arnold stories is when he was like, apparently he was like talking to, uh, he was like, this in Congress, they have an approval rating of only 12%, which is lower than the, even the approval rating for Nickelback. And then like Nickelback like sent back a tweet where they're like, well, that's still higher than like the Rotten Tomato score for uh, for Batman and Robin. And he was just like, that's cold. Uh, I forgot about that movie. That's a gem. That's a great movie. No, like that's cold. It's, that <laughs> also sounds like something that his Mr. Freeze would say, considering how many puns that Mr. Freeze made. Exactly. <laughs> um, it's something like um, he's a, actually in a surprising amount of my favorite movies. Like he's in like Terminator Two, which I love, and this, which is like a very strong Christmas movie for me. And then he's also, I always forget, he's in the Robert Altman, The Long Goodbye, which is one of my favorite movies of all time, which like is just, uh, if you love like hard boiled like fiction, it's a great movie. Uh, just to you see that still. Yeah. Ooh. Man, like I, the best Philip Marlowe is definitely Elliot Gould. Just next level. Mm-hmm. Uh, Let's check it out. And yeah, um, so <laughs> one question though that I, um, I'm waiting to poise is uh mm. is this a little bit toku? Um it's yeah, kinda I weird. Know. Yeah, there's there's special effects in it enough to be like, yeah. Um, but it, it's definitely kind of poking fun at Power Rangers too, so it's a little mm-hmm. self-aware. Yeah, I think you know, like those beginning and end scenes where it's like the Turbo Man stuff that is clearly drawing on, you know, Power Rangers like you were saying just down to the like rocks in Southern California. I think it's almost like parody of Toku, but like it does kind of fully embrace it in the final scene. I think. Yeah, like I've been trying to watch more stuff. It's like this is a horror movie that has like a fun effect, like and like it's maybe not in the classical. If there's a classical, it's I'm sure there are. I just thankfully don't talk to them, but like it's just like uh, this had some fun bits of choreography therefore i'm gonna talk about it and it's a little <laughs> toku a little power rangers um riff but yeah it's probably worth watching though if you need a weird christmas movie that it's a very good like movie to put on if you just need something in the background during like a party or like a gathering maybe yeah oh, yeah. yeah absolutely and um the only other christmas movie that 
I haven't seen for a little bit that like I want to is uh I'll be home for Christmas, the like Jessica Beal one, if you all remember that at all. Oh my gosh, I vaguely remember I don't even know if I've seen that, but I remember it being uh, a big thing. Yeah. He like gets stranded in Mexico, dressed up as Santa and like the costumes glued on, so he has to like hitchhike back to Christmas. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and like his best friend and his girlfriend are like on the news and then they're under mistletoe and they kiss and then he sees it. He's like, oh no. <laughs> and yeah. So that's this movie. Um and my question for you all is that uh at the end of every episode of uh Comrade Me, we all say our top three characters, our favorite design, and a favorite outfit. So starting uh with you, Sid, who is one of your top three characters in this movie? Let's see. It's it's definitely not Ted. I wanted to just throw <laughs> him. Uh, really well done character, but uh, uh, I'd have to probably go with Howard and Marin. Uh, their di- like we've been talking about their dynamic a lot, and it was just utterly great. I thought um, mm. they really made that movie. Um, I also really weirdly love that chain smoking booster for whatever reason. <laughs> it's yeah. just gnarly dude having to wear his suit and be okay with kids, even though clearly he's like, I would rather see a kid in a blender. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta love somebody nobody likes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh but yeah, I would I would say those uh those three characters. Uh, did like Liz and Jamie though? Like, probably could have done more with the. But uh, yeah, t- Ted deserves to get thrown down a well, in my opinion. Yes, he got off easy with getting smashed in the face with a metal thing full of eggnog. I just love his kid being like, "Why do you smell like barf?" <laughs> his kid's actually like, pretty good in like his role too, honestly. Yeah, yeah. For me, I think my top three. Um. There are some pretty great characters in this movie. Um, I think Liz is pretty great. She, I mean, she puts up with a lot. Like, I feel like she deals with so much stuff and she's just like a champ throughout it. And also never like once, like when um, Phil Hartman's being a total creep around her, like she's just like, no, Ted, back off. Like, so she's great. Um, I think that the Jim Belushi, like Santa Claus is also really awesome. Um, I think he's just Ooh. so just kind of like likably scummy. Um, oh yeah, no, that was like an evil, like awful Santa, right? Um, but then I think for my number one, it's it's got to be Marvin, like Sinbad. Uh, he's so great, like when he's especially when he's Dementor, like he's just having fun with it, and I, I really dug it. Ooh, this is hard. Uh, I'm gonna say I'm a big fan of the character growth of Ted the Reindeer. That's a strong character. Good arc there. Uh, I like Myron. And hmm. I'm gonna give a shout out to that uh, first lady that we meet that gives Arnold her phone number and also takes three times the money for that like booster toy. Just goaded. Perfect character. <laughs> exactly what you want. Uh, what were our favorite effects here? Oh. Um... Our favorite designs or effects or costumes you know i did like the terrifying reindeer animatronic i always (laughs) love terrifying animatronics um 
The other was like the jetpack stuff and also the bomb that went off and mm. like the cop was just kind of left in soot. Yeah. That was just really well done and Looney Tune. So Yeah. For me, I think it was the Dementor costume. Like I thought it was cool. Like it, like he had like the brain with the water sloshing around and like oh, he yeah. had the little thing. Like I liked his whole like that aesthetic I thought was really cool. And I just love when he's like, because I've got a bigger brain. I, I like that. That was really interesting. So I think Turbo Man looked really cool. But Dementor for me kind of took it in terms of like mm. a costume. That that Ooh. was a really well done costume for like something that was supposed to be in a parade. Yeah. And the whole parade, there's stuff like there's this one point that I wrote down where um the two kids. um. You see, like, JB go, oh, cat in the hat. And then the two huh. kids high five. And I was like, this is great. This is perfect. <laughs> they're just like, so excited about seeing the cat in the hat. They're like, broing out. They're just like, oh. Uh, oh. This is a better yeah. crossover than Ready Player One. Definitely. <laughs> 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 uh, I, I don't even want to think about what a mess this movie will be nowadays of that. Like, oh, look, it's Captain Marvel and it's. Shaggy, I don't know. Uh, oh god, this movie would be a mess if it wasn't done by Disney because it'd be like, look, it's uh generic, like it's like Colonel America or something. <laughs> well, luckily, like, Disney has yeah. the rights to it because it's it's 20th Century Fox, so that's right. So they'd be like, just be full of like Captain America. Uh, look, there's Poe Dameron, yeah, <laughs> like it would just use all the brands from Food Fight, is what I want. <laughs> Uh, my favorite effect has to be um, I actually really love how the booster suit has a full on moving mouth that matches like what the person was saying oh was yeah cool. and then when he like so gets surprised like his eyes go wide and I was like that makes no sense but cool yeah and I love too how like they can't keep like straight like is Booster his friend, his pet, his ally, his like coworker, like teammate? It's very funny that like each different person is like, yeah, we don't care like, who Booster is. He's just Booster. Yeah. Uh, everyone hates Booster. Everyone it's hates great. Booster. And last question: uh, Who or uh, what outfit was our favorite in this movie? Because there's a, there's a lot of good ones here. Mm. This is tough. Yeah, I mean, I think I still have to go with the Dementor outfit. Like, that's like Turbo Man. Like I said, it's really cool, but I don't know. I like and it's like it's got the brain and it's purple and it's got kind of like the water slasher. So it's it's really unique. Like, I don't think I've ever I could think of any other costume that has water in it like that. Yeah, Hmm. the Dementor outfit was was the best, I think. I think Myron's like post office outfit is incredible at like just it's looks both like retro but also like used and also like customized and like such a way which is like is like oh this is like a very good like he looks like he belongs in like the normal world but also he like doesn't in a great way yeah now that was a very uh that was a very good use of like uh for like an outfit like that was a very good use of iconography and everything to be like Mm-hmm. Ah yes, Myron is a um, is, is a postal worker. Yeah, who kept on like picking up packages, be like, it's a bomb. <laughs> oh yeah, 
Oh, that scene where like it's not a bomb the first time is great. Yes. Like, oh, that uh, was a bomb. Some sick people in this world. <laughs> uh, and um, so I usually ask some version of um, when you're not talking about Toku or like weird movies, but you both uh, do that a lot. So just um, <laughs> how do people find you when you're uh, not here, I guess, Sid? Uh, well, uh, you can find me, uh, with my podcast. I've mentioned Ashley, uh, uh, with Ranger Splain. Uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram at, at Ranger Splain. You can find our podcast at, um, rangersplain.wordpress.com. I also make like, uh, soaps and candles on Koda's Magical Crafts on Etsy. You just did RPM, right? Yes, we just did RPM. Uh, next episode will be our Disney overview episode. Okay. And Derek? Yeah. So yeah, I um do a few podcasts. The main one is uh I do underrated. It's one called Underrated where we talk about movies that are underrated or kind of under the radar or just didn't get the appreciation that they deserved, whether it be from fans or critics or what have you. Um so that's always a lot of fun. Uh you can check us out on any podcasting platform just uh, look up underrated um we're also on instagram me and my friends we call ourselves the undercast company when we make podcasts so on instagram twitter facebook all that stuff undercast company um and then you can find some of my writing um, uh, i write sometimes for watch mojo so you can um see some of my top 10 lists and like youtube and watchmojo.com or just uh find me on medium just Derek mcduff and you can find uh, me on Twitter.com as James Force. You can find the podcast at Comrade to Me, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, and right now, our merch, um, as always, uh, can be found at Comrade.com slash merch. And uh, 100% of the proceeds do always go to charity. Uh, and uh, for the holidays, like that will get like um, more specific. I think we tend to do the Trevor Project right now. We're like uh, looking at some more local stuff. But uh, right with that, too, is uh, just the uh, normal timeremory.com for episodes and articles. There is a timeremory.com slash episodes for links out to platforms. And there is a podcast at timeremory.com for any questions, comments, that kind of stuff. Uh, we love to answer. And also, uh, that's where we get a lot of our like bonus episodes uh, uh, points, too. But yeah, and we come to the end here and I have to to say uh this might be my favorite christmas movie my favorite christmas short it's probably the folgers christmas commercial of the incest <laughs> what about you guys oh my gosh uh you're my present this year huh.